It's Thursday, March 10th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen, from Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Guys, good to see you. Happy March Madness, Chris. Happy March Madness, indeed. Microsoft's Connect is a hit, the dollar bill is in trouble, and Moscow is the place to be for billionaires. All that in a moment, but we begin with the coffee stocks. What had been rumored for a while is now official, guys. Starbucks announced a deal with Green Mountain Coffee Roasters that will have Starbucks coffee and Tazo tea sold in single-serve cups for Green Mountain's Keurig machine. Bill Barker, I will start with you. Uh, as of this taping, as of right now, shares of Starbucks up around 8%, shares of Green Mountain up nearly 40%. Is this deal that much better for Green Mountain? Uh, it, it's a tough day for the shorts. Uh, Green <laughs> Mountain, that, that's the one thing, it's for sure. And actually, I think that's fueling a lot of that 40%. People covering their shorts? People covering their shorts. Because as good a deal as I think it is for Green Mountain and how much it will legitimately contribute to their ongoing growth, and they do need to continue to show growth to support the, the stock price. It's been a very uh, successful momentum stock for a while. But I think that today's 40% gain is not attributable to a 40% increase in the discounted cash flows of the company, but a lot of people that were short the stock and are buying it back today. A lot of pain. Price. A, lot a lot of pain, pain. for the yep. short today. Yep. Uh, so, Charlie, you agree with that? It's not, it's not five times better for Green Mountain than it is for Starbucks? No, absolutely not. Uh, this is an $8 billion company that generates virtually no free cash flow. The financial statements are, frankly, an abomination. Uh, <laughs> the top-line growth looks fantastic. I mean, it's been up like five-fold over the past few years. But when you look at the balance sheet, they have virtually no cash. Uh, they've levered this balance sheet up with over a billion in debt. And they just don't generate any cash flow. It's all accounting profit. So I, I do not see how this company is worth $8 billion. Uh, they've really got to come through over the next few years. You're just not looking hard enough. I guess not. <laughs> Focusing on all the wrong things. Yeah, I don't like a good story. Man. You're just jealous, Charlie. <laughs> that, that's probably true. Well, you don't like a good cup of coffee? Is that the problem? You don't like coffee made conveniently and quickly for you? You no. know, I, I like the, the, the K-Cups, the Keurig thing, but did anybody here ever have, as a kid, the little uh, football game where the, the thing vibrated and the little guys moved around oh, sure, in random? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so that's what my parents' Keurig uh, machine does. You it vibrates? Put, yeah, you put a, a cup of coffee underneath and you turn it on and it vibrates the cup of coffee off of, of the little you know setting. That seems like a bit of a design flaw. Well, it's exciting. You know, it's an exciting <laughs> way to make yourself a cup of coffee. So they, they are coming out with new machines and I hope this is something that they actually get Keep right. Maintain? Yeah. yeah. Microsoft's Connect has become the fastest-selling consumer device in history. Guinness World Records confirmed that Connect sales, 8 million in its first 60 days, is more than both the iPhone and the iPad after their launches. Charlie, were you surprised? I'm a born skeptic by nature, and who am I to question the validity of Guinness World Records data? <laughs> so I did check into this myself, and it's actually correct. Um, and I was surprised. I would have never guessed this. Uh, <laughs> Just thank God. Because if, if we couldn't yeah. accept the word of Guinness, I mean, yeah. think of all the cool all things you would now be doubting. Yeah. You know? So 60 days after launch, 8 million Connects sold. And the iPad, in comparison, wildly popular device, uh, 3 million units over 80 days. So Connect Out sold them more than two to one over a shorter period of time. This is a huge home run for Microsoft. Uh, Bill, you were saying before the taping that um, this is just one more piece of evidence about the gaming industry and, and how it, it basically just sort of flies under your radar. 
Well, there are those of us who, who underestimate, I think, probably my generation, and, and you're in the same generation, so don't snicker at me I'm about that. I'm not snickering. It, it, it just, games are a much bigger deal, and they are for my kids, than, than they were, you know, for our generation. And it's, I think that if you had to go back 10 years and say, which thing was Microsoft actually going to be a success at, gaming or the internet, I just would have guessed the internet, and it's just a phenomenal flop in sort of all aspects of, of the internet, but the, the Xbox has been a winner for it. Obviously, Apple um, uh, gets compared to Microsoft and vice versa all the time. Just looking at the stocks of Microsoft and Apple, over the last five years, Microsoft's stock is basically flat, and as a Microsoft shareholder, I, I can tell you that with authority. Uh, shares of Apple are up around 400% over the last five years. Let's look forward to the next five, because it seems like Apple, the way it's priced right now, it's it, it's hard to imagine another 400% jump over the next five years. Charlie, I'll start with you. Over the next five years, which stock do you think is better positioned to do well, Microsoft or Apple? I should really stop beating my head against the wall and betting against Apple. <laughs> but I would say over the next five years, Microsoft stock is so cheap right now that I, I would really bet on that one. Tim Hansen? You know, I, I think Microsoft is suffering from the same plight that's affected, you know, Walmart and a number of other mega cap businesses that have very exciting growth stories inside of them, which is that, you know, the big business is sort of boring and should deserves to be cheap, but there are these hidden sort of exciting parts coming out. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, we saw Altria spin off its international division, and Philip Morris International went on to be valued at a much higher premium mm -hmm. than Altria domestic cigarette sales. Um, you know, I, I think unless Microsoft does does something that sort of radical, I think it's destined to be sort of range-bound, which is not a term I use. I'm not a technical trader or anything like that. But, <laughs> you know, there's just a not, not a lot of catalyst there. Whereas Apple, you know, in terms of how the businesses are going to perform, I think they'll probably both perform well over five years. They both have positive traits. But Apple just seems, in terms of the stock, um, it, is, it is more expensive. But, you know, arguably they've got more sort of panache. Bill Barker? I, I'd agree with Tim. I'd, lo I'd love to see what Microsoft could do split up. I think maybe the best thing that – ever could have uh, happened to them would have been to have been split up in, in 99, 2000 when uh, uh, the, the class action or the, the antitrust suit uh, went against them momentarily. They got that reversed and they st stuck together and they're a big company and they're about the same price they were 10, 12 years ago and I don't know. They're, Thank, they're, thanks for reminding they're, me. They've done, some, they've done some interesting things but they're not unlocking value there. You know, there's an argument to be made with, with cash-rich companies like Microsoft that, that in, in rapid development industries that there's not enough pressure on them. You know, so if Microsoft Search sort of fails, it's not that big a deal because they still have a ton of cash coming in the door. Mm -hmm. If the gaming division is burning money for a little while, eh, not that big a deal. We can work at it to get it right. You know, if you split them up and, and that cash, you know, that safety net isn't there for everybody, you might see some more aggressive or, or more innovative things coming out of the entire company rather than just sort of pockets of excitement every once in a while. Yesterday, Forbes magazine released its annual list of billionaires. The United States uh, has 413. China nearly doubled its number of billionaires to 115. But the city with the most billionaires, Moscow. Tim Hansen, what is going on in Moscow? What isn't going on in <laughs> Moscow, Chris? Why can't we be more like Moscow? Well, that's a great question. You know, it was funny. I, I was boarding a plane in Australia, you know, a few weeks ago, and the, there was a large advertisement on the, you know, near the gate for HSBC Bank. And it said, on average, Russian billionaires are 19 years younger than American billionaires. Embrace your inner entrepreneur. And I thought to myself, is that an appropriate message? Are we to believe that 
Russian billionaires are out there starting dot com companies and you know Facebook and you know trading stock. No, it's not the case. The way Russians are becoming billionaires is maybe less than entrepreneurial. There's a there's a fascinating article. You're saying there's not a lot of transparency. It, well, it, is it possible? What you say here is it possible? <laughs> yeah. The life expectancy is 20 years less well, for, for, a <laughs> for the Russian billionaire. billionaire. There was a uh, there was a fascinating article on this that Forbes wrote a few years ago talking about Russian billionaires, and they said that even though they were younger, quote, none of them technically inherited their fortunes, but depending on how you classify their ability to gain some of their assets on the cheap, well, we haven't quite come up with a term to describe that. <laughs> so wait a minute. So they're not inheriting their money. They're not necessarily creating wealth by creating entrepreneurial companies. It appears so we're not, a, we're not entirely sure how they're becoming billionaires? It's unclear where their money is coming from. <laughs> the process appears to be that you, you somehow exert pressure on someone who owns a valuable asset to sell you that asset at an extremely steep discount to its value, and then you get to book all that profit and be a billionaire. Can you, can you do this from a garage? I mean, is this the kind of you know, teenage kids messing around with some- Only uh, if you're wearing some... like, track pants. <laughs> you need to know someone in a garage. I think that's the key. And finally- the U.S. Government Accountability Office is recommending the elimination of the $1 bill and replacing it with a $1 coin. The report states replacing the dollar bill with more durable coins will save the government $5.5 billion over the next 30 years. I- I'm not sure. I-, I get the math. I understand that this potentially saves us billions. I- no, 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 no. It saves the government billions. The people who are <laughs> right. going to pay the price here are, are your consumers who are going to have to replace their pants pockets more often. You know, we have to get Charlie counseling when he has to start carrying around a coin purse. Yep. <laughs> I mean, these are these are hidden costs here that the government is not considering. Is anyone in favor of this, Bill? Yeah. No, I, I think you know, getting rid of the penny, getting rid of the dollar. It's it's about time that we stepped into the 21st century and you know got rid of some of the you know anachronisms that really aren't you know helping you. Trans- I as you know because we go out and get lunch or coffee every once in a while. I carry no money at any time. Yes. Almost always. Believe me, no one knows that better than I do. <laughs> and you could live your life pretty easily that way, uh, especially if you've got, you know, you to freeload <laughs> off of when you do have to come up with a dollar or two for a cup of coffee. Otherwise, you know, credit cards are work everywhere now. Why do we need a dollar? So if you're if you had to eliminate a single bill or a coin, you would pick the penny? You would get rid of the penny outright? Oh no, if I were going to get rid of some coin, it would be everything from Canada. <laughs> the loony and the toony got to go. I was, I was thinking the U.S. currency. I would like, I'm not going to play the game your way. I just want the <laughs> Canadian currency that shows up in my change to go away. Not that I've got anything against our friends from, from Canada. It's just kind of annoying because they, they don't work in, you know, in, in machines and things like that. And, and you, know, you, you can't get rid of them. Charlie, what would you eliminate? I think as much as I hate the penny, the 50-cent piece is completely worthless. There's no point for that at all. Tim Hansen? I'd take out both the penny and round everything to zero. And I'd, I'd take out the dime also because you've got to make the dime bigger. I lose dimes. That, you know, 10 cents. That adds up. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely get rid of the dime because, you know. Or change it. I mean, I don't, you know. You got the nickel. You got the quarter. You got pennies. Why do you need dimes? What happened to the $10 bill, by the way? You never see 10s anymore. Oh, I carry 10s all the time. It's my favorite bill. I, I love the 10, but you never get it. You know, you, you break a 20, all you get is fives and change. Why is it your favorite bill? Are you a big Alexander Hamilton fan? No, you know, I mean, th- maybe maybe there's that, but it's He's just, underrated. The 10, the the 10 spends well because the 10 can get you anything from, you know, game day parking to a beer to a movie ticket. You know, I mean, the 10 is, is a value. You know, you don't get change back, which, and I hate change. I hate having a, 
A wallet full of ones. I hate having coins. Go out with Chris, then. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Bill Barker, Charlie Travers, Tim Hansen. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Creer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and check out Motley Fool Money this weekend on iTunes, online, and on radio stations across America. We'll see you on Monday. 